I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. The final Backstreet Boy is on the show today. You'll know more about what I'm talking about as we get into this discussion with Sean Stevenson. He is the author of Sleep Smarter, and we talked about sleep. We talked about a lot of great things. Sleep and productivity is a big thing. It's a big topic for me. You know, I've, I've had uh, Dr. Michael Bruce on the show before. You know I'm a night owl slash wolf if you've been listening to the show for a while. And I wanted to have Sean on the show after seeing him speak and getting to know him a little bit better at Tropical Think Tank to discuss the the properties of sleep, what sleep can do, what it what what it it, it, the benefits of it are, are amazing, as many of you may have already studied this. But I wanted to dive deep into this, as well as some of the criticisms that, that you know, the kind of studying he does and the kind of studying that gets done um, with regards to sleep, because it's such a new area uh, of study that hasn't really been exposed very much. It may have been studied for a long time, but certainly it's not being talked about. But the likes of Ariana Huffington and others who have brought it to the forefront, sleep is important. So, Curl up into your easy chair, preferably not in bed, because I don't want you to fall asleep during this episode, and hear uh, me and Sean talk about the ability to sleep smarter, because it's not beyond your reach. It's well within your grasp. Sean Stevenson, welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So, um, you know, it's funny uh, you are the last, as of this episode, when this episode goes live, you are the last of the Backstreet Boys that I've had <laughs> <laughs> on the show. Because <laughs> Jeff was, uh, for those that are like, what the heck is he talking about? Um, you're the good looking one, too. Uh, uh, thank you, yes. <laughs> I'm going solo at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you're JT, so we're talking about now we're, now we're in NSYNC. Uh, but we, uh, at, at Tropical Think Tank, which is where we met, um, there was a karaoke night and in tropical think tank, which is now since been retired and Chris is now doing Upreneur summit, which I'll be, I'll be going to this year in the UK. Awesome. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we had a karaoke night and all of the male speakers with the exception of, I think, uh, Peter and Mike. Um, so it was me, you, Grant, Chris, and Jeff all went up and sang, and I'll put that in loose terms, uh, <laughs> quit, <laughs> quit playing games with my heart. And thanks to Jamie Masters for recording it and putting it out on the internet. So, but now I've had you all on the show, so we can we can we can put that to bed. Um, and speaking of bed, see how I see what I did there. I uh, love that transition. 
<laughs> you are the author of Sleep Smarter, 21 Essential Strategies to Sleep Your Way to a Better Body, Better Health, and a Bigger and bigger Success. And I wanted to talk to you about the idea of sleep because I've had Dr. Michael Bruce on the show, um, who's the author of The Power of When. He talks about circadian rhythms and sleep. And sleep is a... It, it is a is a hot topic in the era of productivity right now. In fact, it's it's kind of becoming a new badge of honor. Is you know instead of pulling an all nighter, it's like people are sleeping harder and sleeping smarter. Why why is sleep now becoming? Why isn't the zeitgeist so much these days? Yeah, you know that's a great question. And uh, and Michael Bruce is a good friend and somebody who fully. He's he's known as America's quote America's sleep doctor. Yeah, you know and fully endorse sleep smarter as being like this is the sleep book. Um, and he has a fantastic book as well, The Power of Win. And he's r- written on sleep before. Uh, but what with Sleep Smarter, what we're really doing is pushing into culture uh, these really interesting facts that are so often overlooked in the, in the fact that productivity, specifically, of course, because this podcast, but being able to not just get the, you know, uh, we, we have this idea that just because we're busy, we're actually being effective. And that's really the big mistake. And so showing how sleep deprivation radically depresses your ability to be effective. Uh, and so one of the studies really quickly I'll throw out there uh, that, is, that I shared is this was uh, published by The Lancet. I'm sorry, The Lancet. And this was a study that was done on physicians. All right. So they had physicians come in and they had them to complete a task. Then they sleep deprived them for just 24 hours, which is not very abnormal, and especially in that sphere of being a physician. Then they had them come back and do the same exact task again. And now they made 20% more mistakes doing the same exact thing. And it took them 14% longer to do the same exact thing. So guess what? That's crushing, absolutely demolishing their productivity. And so that's one of the things we're really pointing people to and what's going on behind the scenes. And the, the major thing here is that sleep is really heavily influenced. Like this is really about brain, brain health and brain function. And if we're talking about accomplishing things and, you know, I love it how the badge of honor is now shifting is that, you know, the last since Sleep Smarter came out and really how I've been kind of labeled this sleep expert, you know, it's getting close to about half a decade now is that really impressing in the culture because there's these hashtags out there, you know, um, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Sleep is for the weak or this is this is one of my favorites. Sleep is for the broke. Mm. Right. And flipping these things on their head, you know, sleep is for the rich. Sleep is for the strong, you know, I'll sleep now so I can actually live my life and enjoy it. And so today looking at what's going on with brain function and one of my other good friends, Dr. Daniel Amen, he's like one of the foremost experts in the world. He's taken more brain imaging scans than any other physician by far. He has like hundreds of thousands. I think actually I'm, I think I'm taking credit away. I think he's in the millions now. And he was reached out to for the big NFL study and looking at concussions and things like that. But when it boils down to it, sleep is all about what's happening with changes in your brain and in your brain function. And these different stages of sleep that we talk about are correlated with specific uh, stages of your brainwave patterns. And so just to give people a real quick snapshot of what that looks like, right now we're all in a beta state, beta brainwave state. That's kind of the normal waking state. And unless you're like the, unless the Dalai Lama is listening right now, he might be in a more of like a theta delta, but (laughs) if you're not, if you're not that, so basically that normal waking state is beta. Then we move from there as we transition into these different stages into theta, 
I'm sorry, into alpha and then and then and then into theta and then finally into deep delta sleep. That's what we call deep sleep. And each of those stages and changes in your brain waves are correlated with amazing processes that your body's undertaking to regenerate you. And I'll throw one out there really quickly. So uh, REM sleep, people hear about today, it's rapid eye movement sleep. This is where you're doing a lot of the dreaming that we experience. But that stage is closer to alpha, right? So a lot of that is happening around there. And that stage of sleep is so important because something called memory processing happens predominantly during this stage. And that's taking what you're learning right now and converting it to your short-term memory. So it's taking all the data you're taking in in your day and converting it to your short-term memory so you actually have that data and eventually can become your long-term memory. And to wrap this point, people have probably seen the opposite, or maybe not people listening to this podcast, but if anybody's ever drank too much, but not anybody listening to this. <laughs> maybe somebody maybe, maybe somebody hosting this podcast, but. Right, right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But somebody drank far too much alcohol and they literally don't remember what happened, right? They don't mm-hmm. remember what took place the night before. Like what, I didn't know that I ended up, you know, dancing with that trucker. Right. You don't you don't remember what happened. And the reason is because your REM sleep, it's something called a REM rebound effect, is just trashed due to alcohol consumption. It creates this REM rebound effect that uh, essentially just kind of really strongly disrupts that REM sleep, which disrupts your uh, short term memory acquisition. So that's really what's behind like the movie The Hangover, for uh, for example, you know, like they don't remember what happened. And it's because REM sleep getting damaged. So these are just some foundational pieces as to why the conversation is changing so much. You know, people are seeing these radical improvements in their businesses and in their performance and also their physical appearance, which we could talk about as well. You know, it's, I want to talk about the idea of sleeping in a more stupid sense. And when I say stupid, I think it's there's some subjectivity there because at Tropical Think Tank, I asked you a question and you probably remember this question. Yeah. Uh, when I asked you about napping, because napping has become something that a lot of people talk about, right? You know, the, I mean, Google has the pot, the napping pods. Uh, there's, you know, been, uh, plenty of, plenty of well-known, uh, successful people have napped. I asked you about napping and what your thoughts were on it. And you, and you said point blank. Now, again, my wife was not in the room, although it would have been great. Cause I would have been able to say, well, she thinks I am. You said, are you a baby? And I, <laughs> and I said, uh, probably in, in some respects, but why? Like, so I didn't expect that response. I expected yeah. to hear, because I mean, you talk to people, I mean, and, and when I talked to, um, to Dr. Bruce about this, he said that napping, what it, for the type of person I am, and, and you've, you've probably done the, 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 you know, the, the, the quiz, are yeah. you a lion? Are you a bear? Are you a dolphin? Yeah, what are I'm you? a lion. Yeah. See, I'm an, I'm a wolf. So yeah. for me, he actually says taking naps is bad as well, because if you take a nap, then it's going to, it throws things off. And I think that's kind of what you were saying there, but what, why is what, first off, why is napping not necessarily the best thing in the world for you? And why are people, why is it becoming again, part of the conversation nowadays? Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's really great. Well, look, let's look at it like this. And what, what I did was I was giving you obviously just kind of the yeah. blanket statement, the yeah. bottom line. Um, but there's different flavors of all of this. And a nap, you can look at that as like a supplement, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't replace the real food, mm. right? Which is 
getting high quality sleep at night. If somebody feels uh, biological propensity towards like I have to take a nap every day just to make it through the day and I'm so tired, 99.9% likelihood the sleep quality that you have is terrible, you know, because and again, we mistake the fact that we're unconscious for eight hours that we're actually getting high quality sleep. And I mentioned earlier about the brainwave changes. You have to cycle through those stages optimally in order for you to actually recover your body, mind, everything, and all, all of it tying together. And so when it comes to naps, uh, you know, I mentioned, I, I asked you like, are you a baby? This is something physiologically we see for babies as they develop because our growth and development predominantly happens during sleep. And when you move into adulthood, we move out of the genetic, like if we, we're talking about our genetics, like what our DNA and our genes are expecting us to do, it's to no longer nap. That is the optimal time for adult human species to take care of our 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 tribe, mm. right? This is to procure food, to do your teaching, to do your, your, your gathering, to do your, um, you know, your building, whatever it might be, commuting, if you have to move some, you know, move the tribe around somewhere, you know, the nomadic tribes. During daytime is when you need to be active because nighttime is not for humans. All right. Well, it is today. You know, the game has changed. But through our evolution, it's a very, you know, volatile situation, you know, because we're not adapted. We're not nocturnal creatures. So you can't see great at night at all. Mm -hmm. But the lion can see you, you know. Yep. And so it's the time to take shelter. So I'm just putting that out there. And I've got 20 other reasons why. But. Also, I have to give the caveat, you know, I've, I spoke at Google before, you know, and I see, uh, I, you know, seeing the sleep pods and they, they're really, they got standing desks for all the employees. Mm. It's awesome. They're on a cutting edge because what they realize is that people are not adhering yet. And that's why they brought me in to making sure they're getting optimal sleep at night to show up better. Right. So how about we give them a place where if they not, if they're not getting that, let them get that supplement so that they can perform. And I think that's awesome. That's absolutely critical because sleep, getting a, a power nap, like a good nap is a good nap. You know, them getting that sleep and being able to perform at their job is just going to work out better for everybody. However, again, we want to get back to like, let's not miss the point. We want to get the real food and not the supplement. The supplement can be, you know, great, like lazy Sunday afternoon kind of nap thing. But if you feel a genetic, like, I'm sorry, like um, a biological drive to nap every day, that's definitely a problem. Uh, especially when we're talking about being productive, like we want to get up and execute on our goals and then be able to get great sleep at night. So I often run into the problem where I'm trying to explain to people my, my idea of crafting time and stuff. You saw me speak and, and a lot of people are like, what do you mean theme your days? Like, that's crazy. You can't do that. It's impossible. I can't possibly focus on one thing and they are missing the, the greater picture. Um, you know, when it comes to this stuff, and it's funny, you mentioned, um, Dr. Amen, Dave Asprey was actually, I actually saw Dave Asprey speak, uh, recently here in Victoria, he's got the book Headstrong out there. And there's some stuff I really like that Dave's doing. And there's some stuff that I kind of like, well, you know, maybe, maybe microdosing isn't something I want to try necessarily, but what, when it comes to what you're talking about, especially with sleep, because what we're saying, what, what your book is saying and what we're, you know, what the message that I'm getting from is that there are things you can do that will change, that will help you sleep smarter. But you've, you've had some resistance. I mean, looking at some of the reviews and, and stuff, there are people that just, some of them call it babble or whatever. And they talk about different types of, you know, um, they'll use the term junk science and all that stuff. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Because I mean, I face that with, with, 
you know, people are so used to doing productivity a certain way and checking off as many boxes as possible and then cranking the widget and just going in the next day and kind of moving things, you know, bit by bit forward. When it comes to your stuff, what are the barriers you're seeing and how are you trying to overcome them so that you can change the conversation around sleep? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked me this. Nobody ever asked me anything like that. And I saw today, um, actually on Audible, so sleep, my book Sleep Smarter came out in August. I'm sorry, on Audible, on audiobook, it came out in August. So we're getting close to, you know, about a year now. Did you read it? Uh, that is, Did you read it? Of course, yeah. Okay, so you it's know, like the nice dulcet tones of Sean. If you see this guy, for, oh man, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but go ahead and continue. <laughs> so, you know, and that's, it was very important for me to to do that piece, but I was so surprised because uh, I was shooting a metal um, a message to Audible because I actually did my book deal was directly with them, and I went just popped over to the charts and my book is still number two in the country, and I was like, what? That's amazing, and but I saw the reviews there and there you know it's like four point six out of five, and there's like you know I don't know maybe twelve hundred reviews, but there's this one review talking about oh yeah some of this you know it's like the, the headline is like, there's a lot of great information here, which it's so funny when somebody says that and it's one sentence and then the next five sentences are complaints. Who are these people? Yeah. You know, and but they were talking about some, you know, some of this science is, is pseudoscience. And that's so interesting because my entire perspective in life, like I'm very analytical. I'm a very analytical human being. And every single thing that I shared in this book was backed by. At, at least we're talking at least 25 studies, all right? Double blind, placebo controlled studies for the most part. It's just so fascinating. It's just like, well, did you actually look like the study is right there, you know? And so one of those things was um, something regarding grounding in this concept. And this was something I even debated with myself to put in the book because it's so difficult for our rational human mind to wrap around because we're so arrogant. And we think that everything that we can see is that that's it. That's mm-hmm. the end of life. When there are some animals even that can see more into infrared, ultraviolet. And we just, we're, our vision is attuned to a certain frequency. And it's really kind of that simple. And so this concept of grounding, and this was actually, there's a study and it was published in the, uh, let me actually, I'm going to pull it up for you. Uh, here it is. The Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine. And this was in 2004, they found the biological effects of grounding the human body. And they actually, what they did was they hooked up the test subjects and monitored their cortisol level during sleep. All right, so this is, they did subjective and objective testing. Like they actually hooked them up to find out what's gonna happen when they're grounded. And I'll tell everybody what grounding means in a second. But what they found was that the patients who were grounded during sleep had reduced nighttime levels of cortisol. So it reduced their cortisol which cortisol is the antithesis of melatonin, which is this glorified sleep hormone. If cortisol is elevated, melatonin is suppressed. So your sleep, again, you could be unconscious, but you're physiologically not really recovering as well. And they found that not only that, but grounding during just during sleep normalized people's cortisol during the day. And cortisol is a huge issue today. And I don't want to make, and I even did a little section in the book talking about how important and valuable cortisol is because it's getting blamed for everything today. You know, cortisol mm. is making me fat. Cortisol is causing me to have uh, blood sugar problems. Cortisol 
uh, made my girlfriend break up with me. Right. It's all of these random things. Cortisol is getting blamed for. Not the last one, though. Um, <laughs> maybe but, it depends. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, time asleep, right? Like if you're not going to bed in time, then, you know. It's it's it can be put on there. It can put it on the list. Like it didn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't. A, it was a Freudian slip. So, what's so fascinating is that cortisol is one of the most important. Um, these it's this class of catecholamines, right? That that are known as these kind of quote stress hormones, and but cortisol outside of like adrenaline, noradrenaline, uh, but cortisol is so important because it even helps with thyroid function. Right. And that's your that your thyroid is like your body's metabolic power plant. It's like the fat burning metabolism regulator of your whole body. And so without cortisol, we have problems. But the issue is when cortisol is being produced too much or too little or at the wrong time. That's the problem. And so having a technology, which it kind of is where and I'm actually standing on a grounding mat right now. It's so crazy that you asked this question because you know, maybe, I don't know, 80% of the time I'm not standing on it. Uh, especially when I do an interview, I rarely ever stand on it. Um, but grounding can help to somebody do what we call clinically a cortisol reset. And so what grounding is, is basically when you're looking at the earth, like I'm right now, I'm looking out from my office window and I see this kind of lush green, um, uh, grass outside. And if we are able to use a certain tool to be able to see the different spectrums of light, we'd see that the ground itself is brimming with free electrons. All right. And so, and also you can, you can use certain meters to even if you touch the ground itself and you can drop uh, electromagnetic frequencies in the air, but that's a whole other thing. I don't want to get too complicated. Mm. Bottom line is this. So these free electrons literally get assimilated by your body as soon as you touch the earth. So what is, how is that even possible? Well, the human body is incredibly conductive uh, to the degree like everybody has like had static electricity. You know, you shock somebody or they shock you or you get shocked touching a doorknob, that kind of thing. But we also know like you can straight up die because you're so conductive by putting, um, you know, uh, a, 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 a utensil into a light socket, for example, which I don't recommend. Do not do that. I'm just saying <laughs> because we're so conductive, you know, and we even the scary movies like where Michael Myers is like throwing the. Uh, you know, the toaster in your bathtub or whatever, you know, and we know that we're very conductive, but we forget how conductive we're this kind of electromagnetic organism that doesn't have to plug in. And so when soon as you touch the earth, you immediately start to assimilate these electrons, which electrons basically attach themselves to a uh, free radical, right? These kind of oxid, um, oxidative species. And these are a kind of a positively charged event that are missing this electron that neutralizes it. So that's why you also see, and in the book I mentioned this, how it normalizes um, uh, blood cells, reduces blood pressure, all these different things that have to do with your blood and activation of your parasympathetic nervous system, reducing inflammation, all that kind of stuff. And I want to give people an example. So most of us listening have probably had the experience of going to a beach uh, in our adult life. And it's so interesting how many people have this same experience where, you know, they go to a beach, you know, they've been, you know, just maybe they've been in, in the office for so long, you know, maybe for the year, now they're at the beach and they pass out. Like you get so tired at the beach, like within minutes, you know, like, like within the hour and you're either sleep asleep or you're 
or you're very, very sleepy. It's like, what? Is it just because I'm on vacation that I can kind of let go and unwind? I've pulled this. And the thing is, even if you got went out of town and you were just like running around or, uh, you know, just maybe going out to dinner or going out to different places, you don't have that same tired experience, you know, even if you're hanging out in your hotel room and it's because your body is finally doing this cortisol reset, you're finally reducing inflammation by getting yourself in touch with the earth's surface. So whether that's gra- um, grass or sand or, or the ocean itself, people say they have their best ideas in the shower, your pipes are grounded. And that water coming through those pipes hitting your body is helping you to get a cortisol reset. It's not as strong as like literally getting on the surface itself, but it's pretty profound. So, yeah, no, things like that that I have to come and talk about. And it's very rare, you know, mm. nine, nine, I'll say nine and a half times out of 10 people are actually understanding the data or if they don't, they go back and check it out themselves and they're blown away just as I was because initially me being so analytical, I just was like, this is, this is straight up nuts. Like, are you kidding me? But the data is so strong and so amazing. And it just goes back to the fact that, you know, we're disconnected from our natural way of being as humans, you know, and this stuff is like, we don't even have to think about this, uh, logically in a way we can just see like, what were your ancestors doing? You know, and they were in touch with the earth a whole lot more frequently where sometimes we can go months, even some people years without ever touching the earth itself. They put on their shoes, walk from their house to their car and then walk back from their car to their house or to the building and never touch the earth, you know, and guess what's going to happen? You're getting disconnected from, and I'll just end this with this point. The earth itself is where all these, like we're talking about today, another hot word is antioxidants. Where do they come from? Antioxidants come from the planet itself, but you can assimilate it through your skin and also through what you eat. You know, one of the things that I took away from from your talk at, at Tropical Think Tank was, um, and and I've heard this before, but you know, you, you lose you lose sight of it from time to time. Is the idea of getting sunlight early in the day. And where I live, uh, I live in the Pacific Northwest, where the sun basically goes away in November, shows back up in May. You know, it just kind of yeah. disappears for that. So we have vitamin D and all that stuff. I mean, I've been I've been living here for eighteen years, but. Um, so I'm used to that kind of thing, but I got to say, since I got back, one of the things that I do is, um, and I don't need, and, and again, I'm 43 coming on now. I, I got no shame. I'll go up my pajamas. I don't give a crap. Uh, you know, I used to be like, I better get dressed. I'll just set out, sit, sit outside my backyard on the, on the deck and just absorb the, the air, whether it's sunny or not. Um, why is that? And, and this kind of is related to the idea of being grounded. Um, why is that so critical for people? Because I think, like you said, yeah. a lot of people just walk from their car, walk to their car, go off to the office. They're under, you know, you know, they're working all day inside. Then they get yeah. home, they get out of their car, they walk back. And that's, they, they maybe are exposed to being outside for what, two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Again, this is just getting back to how do we evolve? And this, this study was published in the very prestigious journal innovations in clinical neuroscience and found that individuals who get adequate amounts of sunlight sleep better at night. Individuals who get adequate amounts of sun exposure have lower cortisol in the evening. So really, and this is the big headline and really what I've been really working to uh, impress in the culture and also a big headline from the book itself is that a great night of sleep starts the moment you wake up in the morning. And this is one of the things that, again, our, our ancestors were getting sun exposure because this was their time to 
be outside and doing work and getting things prepared for our, for our species survival, survival, I'm sorry. And so here's the key is that that sun exposure, and it's specifically between the hours of uh, about 6.30 a.m. to about 8.30 a.m. are the most beneficial for setting this circadian pattern. Mm. And that's going to vary a little bit throughout the year, you know, because of the different changes as the, you know, the earth is spinning around the sun. But uh, in general, just getting some time in there, you know, even for it, it depends on your complexion as well. You know, the lighter your skin, the less sun exposure you actually need. Uh, and that's a, it's a, essentially it's kind of this, uh, evolution or this mutation that happened as people move to more Northern, uh, hemisphere where there's less sunlight throughout the year and you can be, pull it in a lot faster and you store it. We can store light. We store this sunlight, these biophotons. Um, and actually, if you look at, uh, there's some research showing that 97 upwards of 97% of our DNA itself are biophotons aka light particles, which is so weird, but that's a whole nother st story. Um, so here's the big takeaway is that we store this light, but we also, we store, in, just to put it in more tangible terms, vitamin D, which is not actually even a vitamin. It's a breaking news. It's a hormone, all right? And pretty much everybody knows that, but they never really think about it. Like, why is it even called vitamin D? It's a big uh, misnomer. So this powerful hormone regulates, and I just talked with, uh, an amazing physician, Dr. Terry Walls, who she, and she has a great TED talk if you want to check this out, but she was literally wheelchair bound with multiple sclerosis, progressive, really, really tore her down. And uh, today she's out like, not only is she not in a wheelchair, but she's, you know, taking like cross state bike rides and traveling all over the place, speaking on, on the biggest stages. And a big part of her recovery, funny enough, was optimizing vitamin D. And what she found out in her research was that vitamin D was responsible or is responsible for helping to regulate over 1,000 genes that we know about. So we're talking about activating or, or deactivating genes that lead to your health or to disease. And so this is just another snapshot. And like, there's a big stigma today also with the sun, you know, like um, you know, if being in the sun is going to cause cancer. Oh my gosh. This is, again, this is something that's critical to human survival. The sun enables you to have life on the planet, but we're not talking about getting burned. Like we don't go from like zero sun exposure all winter to being out on the first sunny day for 12 hours. That's not smart. You don't want the sun to burn you. That increases the risk of skin cancer. Right, which when we're getting burned, you everybody needs a dose of sun exposure, not with SPF one billion sunscreen on either. All right, so because that blocks out certain spectrums, it doesn't block out all of it. And many of the skin uh, sunscreens out there actually have known carcinogens in them. If you look at the ingredients, or you can even just you know go to Dr. Google, and uh, it, you'll just find it out yourself. Classified by the World Health Organization as a you know, class 2A carcinogen is right there what you're rubbing on your skin. Not saying don't use sunscreen, but we want to have a time where we're not using it and getting some of that sun exposure. And the best go-to is like, you know, wearing some clothes that cover your skin or a hat or things like that, uh, rocking the old Mary Poppins, getting yourself an umbrella or whatever, something like that. Um, or, you know, there are natural substances like coconut oil has like an SPF of like four or something. But this, again, it depends on your skin complexion.
all of us, all of us need to get adequate sun exposure because it's a big part of regulating your hormones and regulating your sleep. And with that, Sean, we're going to sunset this interview. See what I did there? Perfect. Perfect. Transition. <laughs> Transition. So in the book, you've got a 14-day plan. Um, uh, can you quick, briefly describe that and then where people can find you and where they can get this great book, which I, which, I mean, it's right next to Michael Bruce's Power of When in my, in my paper library. So Perfect. Love it. Love it. Yeah, so the 14-day sleep makeover, this is really just... I'm big on strategy and I'm big on action steps. You know, I don't want an episode of my show to go by without giving people, you know, five things that they can implement right now to get some results. And so the 14 day sleep makeover is just taking the different strategies throughout the book and putting them together in a cohesive fashion. So uh, what's the best time to exercise to uh, lead to higher quality sleep, to optimizing those brain cycles that we talked about earlier. What are some of the key nutrients, some some very important nutrients that you need to build sleep-related hormones and neurotransmitters? Like what, which meals should you be getting those in at? So that, those kind of things are all detailed in there. And so people can pick up Sleep Smarter anywhere you buy books, or you can go to, of course, uh, you know, Amazon, the usual suspects online, but also sleepsmarterbook.com, sleepsmarterbook.com. And if people pick up the book from there, there's a video series. We got 21 videos to go along with each of the 21 chapters that people could pick up there. And most people know me from my show, The Model Health Show. And people could check me out where they're listening to this amazing podcast. You could head over to The Model Health Show and look us up. And uh, I'm a big, big proponent of creating master classes for each episode. So, you know, whether the show is on, uh, we just did a show recently on uh, reversing type 2 diabetes. That's what my clinical work was really devoted to, a big percentage of that. Uh, heart disease, uh, just general fat loss and strategies, again, clinically proven. Great episodes on, uh, obviously, sleep. And uh, we did one recently in how sleep imp- influences your sex life and how your sex life influences your sleep. So people can check this, check us out there or online at themodelhealthshow.com. John, it's been awesome talking to you. Thanks for joining me this week. It's my pleasure, Mike. Thanks for having me. I had a great time chatting with Sean, so thanks to him for joining me on this week's episode. You can learn about his book and all the other things we talked about by checking out the show notes. And big thanks to John Polster for producing this episode, as well as the bonus episode, which covers some of the things Sean and I got to talk about after we stopped this record button and fired up another episode for my uh, supporters in Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash productivity to learn more about that. Uh, you know, it's time for me to start sleeping smarter. I mean, I've been studying sleep for a while, uh, just reading up what Dr. Michael Bruce has done. And of course, you know, what Sean has done and, and others. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in getting the right amount of sleep at the right time. And again, it was just a treat to talk to Sean and get to know him a little bit better while we're in the Philippines, and of course, even more so during this episode. I hope you got to know him a little bit better as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks to all of you for listening. And until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the founder of Productivityist, reminding you, stop guessing and start going. 